0: Hello all, this is Jennifer, and you are listening to Dream Infringement, streaming out to your precious, precious ears. Yes, those community radio-supporting KSKQ ears. We wouldn't be here if not for you. Dream Infringement is comprised of three associates, colleagues, and besties. There's me, Jennifer Woodside, and then Bobby and Emily castillo radio co-host couple extraordinaire they are sitting out this monday so it's just me putting on the show which probably explains the theme i had no proper adult supervision i i'm an adult but i don't know that that counts easing into that theme you know so far the weather has been somewhat cool for a summer I'm okay with the shopping cart wheels not melting into the asphalt or having to touch the steering wheel with potholders but summer does mean one thing yes the intolerable feeling of the back of your thighs sticking to the vinyl booth seating at your favorite diner it can mean camping water sports dousing yourself in sunscreen but also Lyme's disease yes Lyme's disease. I said it. That's the theme. I'm actually calling it tick talk, Like, we're talking about ticks? Ha <laughs> ha! so clever am I. I know you might be thinking, ticks? Ew, ticks are gross. I don't want to think about how they exist. Because that makes me feel like I need to take a shower. And I agree, ticks are totally icky. But why am I forcing this cringy, icky, shudder inducing information on you? Well, I was researching something completely different and I kept coming across singers and celebrities who had battled with it, and there were so many. And I thought, if these notable, rich people with access to special celebrity doctors were getting misdiagnosed, and just stopped in their tracks with careers put on hold due to a mystery illness i mean what about us regular folk and i thought you know what not our listeners our listeners are going to be educated prepared and ready they say overall 14.5 percent of the global population currently has lyme's disease or has been previously infected and that's data taken from the years of 2001 to 2021. So this is for you, you 14.5%. The first song that I'm going to play is by Composer Dad. It's called Time for a Tick Check. This is a very important feature of (laughs) evading Lyme's disease, making sure that you don't have ticks on you. Uh, This song is written for kids, and to remind them when they come in from outside, just different places on their body that they need to check to make sure there are no unwanted stowaways. So it's simple, but it's a good reminder for us adults as well.
1: It's time for a tick check. Oh, it's time for a tick check. Follow along while you sing the song. It's time for a tick check. Start at your feet, look between every toe, up to the ankles and around we go. Follow me now to the back of your knees, the right one, left one, if you please. Down the calves and up to our thighs, we're looking around with our wide eyes. For a tiny little dot that could sit on a pin, find a tick, you win. It's time for a tick check, oh it's time for a tick check. Follow along while you sing the song It's time for the Tick Check under the undies and on each hip We double check there, then we take a trip Up to the belly button, anybody home? Just a little piece of lint talking on the phone Hello. Hop on over to the elbow pits Ride to the shoulders, don't call it quits Throw your hands up in the air Peek under your arms, cause you're well aware It's time for a tick check Oh, it's time for a tick check Follow along while you sing the song. It's time for the tick check. Hey there friend, will you check my back and my neck and around my ears? I'll be doing fine if you look at my hairline. If you find a tick, here's what you gotta do Grab a tick key and a tweezers too Carefully remove and put them in a baggie Write the date, now celebrate Cause you're done with your tick check Oh, you're done with your tick check It's not so long when you sing a song You're done with your tick check
0: He was very enthusiastic about it His heart was in it He is protecting us all Way to go, Composer Dad The earliest case of Lyme disease that they found so far was during an autopsy of a 5,300-year-old mummy. So these little creepy-crawlies have really been around the block historically. And as to how it got its name, it all kind of happened in 1975. Numerous children and adults around Lyme, Connecticut, began reporting arthritic-like symptoms and it was two mothers, Polly Murray and Judith Bench, who advocated for more investigation after their children's inadequate diagnosis of juvenile arthritis. Both women contacted state public health officials who directed them to a doctor at Yale University. The unusual clustering of cases The number of cases within families occurrence near heavily wooded areas seasonal distribution and the unusual bullseye skin lesion made doctors and public health officials a little suspicious they were like indeed there is something going on here the connecticut department of health and the yale university school of medicine conducted a joint epidemiologic survey in lyme and the surrounding towns find more cases. The similarity between this disease and a known disease in Europe, also sometimes associated with tick bites, made them hypothesize. And by 1978, they hypothesized themselves into an answer and it was proved the transmission of Lyme's disease was due to deer ticks. Cases of Lyme disease have been reported in nearly all states in the U.S. I think so far Hawaii has been exempt. And also in large areas of Europe and Asia. But f- the most common areas are the Northeast, the Upper Midwest, and Northwestern states. Is so it might, <laughs> you might think, oh good, it's all over the East Coast. I don't have to worry about it. Ah, not so fast, friends. According to the Oregon Health Authority, and looks like they have uploaded their information up to 2021 There were 74 cases of Lyme disease reported in Oregon. The median age was 41 years of age 50% of the cases were female. Oh It's a equal opportunity disease. How Progressive the highest numbers of reported cases were in Jackson County coming in at 12 Josephine County at 8, Multnomah at 9, and since 2015 they have identified an upward trend in the number of cases being reported. That was quite a bit of science, so we're going to have a song break. This song is by Avril Levine and it's called Head Above Water. Avril Levine was deeply impacted by Lyme disease. She disappeared from the music scene for several years in 2014 she first realized she was unwell while on tour uh, telling ABC News that during the first few months she was awakened by night sweats and would feel so fatigued that she would be unable to get out of bed I saw my doctor right away got blood tests got swabbed and they didn't really know what was wrong with me she visited several doctors all of whom misdiagnosed her she said they would pull out their little computer and say Mm, chronic fatigue syndrome or why don't you just play some piano or are you depressed and she said this is what they do to a lot of people that have Lyme disease they don't know what to tell you so they tell you you're crazy adding she suspected Lyme disease two months into experiencing the symptoms following which she visited a Lyme disease specialist her treatment included several rounds of antibiotics and close to five months of bed rest And speaking of her struggle for diagnosis, she said, Those were the worst years of my life as I went through both physical and emotional battles. I had accepted death and could feel my body shutting down. I felt like I was drowning, like I was going underwater. And I just needed to come up for air. So let's hear her song. I feel like she really puts her heart into it and... It's all about her experience and her fears. Uh, some people with Lyme disease, it can affect their vocal cords, so they're not really able to sound the same. She pushed through it and came back. It seems stronger. So here is Avril Lavigne. Gotta keep
1: my head above water. Don't let me drown. It gets harder.
0: That was quite a powerful comeback song, so learn a little bit more information. Lyme disease infections are most common in the spring and early summer. The symptoms most often occur from May to September in the Northern Hemisphere. The incubation period from infection to the onset of symptoms is usually one to two weeks, but can be shorter days. Or much longer months to years I don't like that that's very inconsistent uh, it's said to be one of the fastest growing vector-borne infections in the United States has a little bit of a tie-in to climate change but more on that later transmission can occur across the placenta during pregnancy so if you're pregnant and need to wander the woods just take extra precautions so you can keep your little one safe and sound so another song break this song is by King and Country called it's not over yet one of the brothers didn't say who said this is actually written about my sister My little sister has Lyme disease, a tick-borne disease. It's a really weird disease. Some days you feel pretty good, and then the next day you can just be utterly miserable. You don't want to get out of bed, and a lot of times you become kind of nocturnal. You can't sleep at night. Then you can sleep during the day, so then you have no social life. Your friends think you're insane. And our sister lives with this, and it broke our heart. We wanted to write a song that was basically, hey, though this is what's going on, this is not the end for you. You gotta keep fighting and you're gonna get through this, and it's not over yet. We're gonna figure out a way to get you through this. So let's just pretend that these are our supporter brothers for whatever we're going through, and they are telling us it's not over yet. Oh, say- So how do you or doctors tell if you have Lyme disease? The Lyme disease blood tests are stupid because it relies on antibodies. So you can have Lyme disease, but it won't show up on a blood test if your body hasn't started the whole antibody process. Then you can be cured, but then it will still show up because the antibodies are still hanging around months or even years later so you can't actually test to see if you're cured so you get a test to see if you have it and it says you don't but you might and you get a test to see if it's over and it's probably will say that it's not even when it is so doctors usually diagnose lyme disease based on symptoms the physical findings the history of if you might have been exposed to ticks. Uh, people with symptoms of early Lyme disease should have a total body exam for rashes and asked whether rashes have manifested within the last one to two months. The presence of a rash and recent tick exposure are sufficient to make a diagnosis and no laboratory confirmation is needed or recommended. See even they know lab tests, Often, the rash doesn't look like a bullseye. In fact, most rashes in the United States don't. So this next song, it's educational. It's weird, different. This song is entitled The Song of the Spirochetes by Paulette Mayer. She says, after nine years of dealing with a chronic illness stemming from one tick bite... I decided to write a song about the amazingly resilient bacteria that causes it. This is my attempt to get the word out about this underdiagnosed, misunderstood, and often devastating illness. I dedicated this to Willie Bergdorfer, the scientist who discovered the cause of Lyme disease, and for whom the bacteria was named. And protect ourselves insist in cysts biofilms
1: Till the coast is clear Borrelia our name Lyme disease is our claim to fame. We wish it didn't come with so much shame. And we think we're not the only ones to blame.
0: So, studies provide evidence that climate change has contributed to the expanding range of ticks. Their life cycle and prevalence are very strongly influenced by temperature. They like warm and they like humid. And warmer weather means they emerge earlier and stick around longer. There have been some notable authors who've experienced Lyme disease. Uh, Notably, Amy Tan, the author of The Joy Luck Club, got it around 2001. But she said it wasn't until she began having hallucinations about a naked man approaching her bed at night that she got really worried. I thought someone was dead, she recalls. I reached for him and the image started to warp as I realized it wasn't real. This experience was one of the strangest manifestations of what had since been diagnosed as late stage Lyme disease. She believes she contracted it about two years earlier, but it continued to cause neurological damage. Thanks to several misdiagnoses by doctors unfamiliar with Or even quote-unquote hostile to the possibility I don't know why a doctor would be hostile to that concept but she experienced some opposition on her way to getting diagnosed and treated and even after several months of treatment with antibiotics she said her symptoms ranged from fatigue and memory loss to tinnitus and olfactory hallucinations this is a quote I smell dead rat briefly, but over a period of hours and in different locations. It's definitely weird. What kind of life experiences would you have had to have to know that specific rodent smell? But other symptoms have included hair loss, memory gaps, dropping the first letters of words when writing by hand, and replacing words with similar sounding gibberish when speaking. And there was one more author that I was going to talk about, but I think we should have a song break first because he was interviewed. He had a lot of interesting things to say, even a Lyme's disease conspiracy theory, which you know that we we like our conspiracy theories. We like to hear them. We don't endorse all of them. Don't believe all of them. But it's always interesting to know the song, Life's About to Get Good by Shania Twain. Last year Shania Twain detailed her 20-year battle with Lyme disease in a new documentary on Netflix called Not Just a Girl. She says in 2003 she contracted Lyme disease after she was bitten by a tick while horseback riding. She says my symptoms were quite scary because before I was diagnosed I was on stage very dizzy. I was losing my balance. I was afraid I was gonna fall off the stage. I was having these very, very millisecond blackouts, but regularly every minute or every 30 seconds. And she said one of the most devastating symptoms was the toll it took on her voice. My voice was never the same again. I thought I'd lost my voice forever. She said it was a good six or seven years before a doctor was able to find out that I had sustained nerve damage to my vocal cords directly caused by Lyme disease however she underwent two open throat vocal cord surgeries along with vocal therapy and she started to get her voice back. Doesn't quite sound the same as it did before but she's able to sing and she's able to perform. In fact she's currently on tour. So let's hear her song. She wrote this when she was back to performing after getting her Lyme disease treated.
1: All that's about joy. It's about pain, it's all about forgiving the will to walk away. I'm ready to be loved and love the way I should. Life's about life's about to get good. Oh, to get good. Oh, to get good.
0: New York Times columnist Ross. <laughs> I don't know how to say his last name. It's maybe doubt it's D O U T H A T. He wrote about his five year struggle with Lyme disease in a new book called The Deep Places, a memoir of illness and discovery. And I'm going to read some excerpts of an interview. He was asked what are the most common misconceptions about lyme's disease he answered that it's a simple matter to treat that all you have to do is take four to six weeks of antibiotics and you should automatically feel better that is a common belief because it's true 80-85% to of people who get Lyme disease can treat it and get better very quickly, but there is a substantial population for whom that short treatment doesn't work, and they end up with long-term symptoms that the existing scientific consensus doesn't know how to treat. The basic problem is the gap between the simplicity of treatment for the majority and the incredible difficulty of treatment for a small but substantial minority when asked how did you finally manage to control the disease he said there are doctors who offer treatment for chronic Lyme disease which basically involve that you keep treating the disease with antibiotics until the symptoms abate but you have to be willing to treat with not just one antibiotic but combinations of antibiotics you also must do some slightly strange things like what gets called pulsing where you go on antibiotics for a little while, go off and go on again, and then go off again. The idea being that this is a bacterium that has a lot of different ways to hide in the body to escape both your immune system and antibiotics, and that the patient needs more complex and flexible treatments rather than just a simple one. And then he got asked, is that part of the controversy around Lyme disease? Is there another illness that is so controversial? He said, there's a long-standing pattern where chronic illnesses are initially regarded as forms of hysteria and hypochondria. Only over a long period of time do they get recognized as having pathogenic and physical concepts. A lot of chronic sufferers feel like it should be easier to break through and get care, but for some reason that hasn't changed this fundamental and reoccurring pattern where chronic illness is just met with skepticism and disbelief, no matter what form it takes. Then he's asked, you write in your book about the history of Lyme disease, and you include a conspiracy theory about how it spread. He says, we know that Lyme disease is an ancient pathogen that is present in different forms in both the United States and Western Europe. And there is, I think, a plausible story about its reemergence in the 20th century that says that this was a disease that was deep in the forests of the northeastern United States. When those forests were cleared by the first European settlers, the habitat for deer and other animals that carry the ticks was dramatically reduced. Then settlers moved west, and a lot of the New England soil was abandoned in the 19th century. But then in the 20th century, with suburbanization, You got people building communities that were interwoven with deer habitats. That would explain the explosion of Lyme disease around 1975. Presumably it starts with the suburbs, and then it gets accelerated by climate change, which creates shorter winters, which are better for tick. Now Lyme disease is prevalent in much more of the U.S. than it was 30 or 40 years ago. Here we go. I promised a conspiracy theory. It's a good one there is also a conspiracy theory which focuses on the fact that the epicenter of the Lyme outbreak in the northeast happens to be literally a bird flight away from a bioweapons laboratory on Plum Island near the northeast coast of Long Island, New York. We don't know that any specific research on Lyme disease was ever carried out there, but we know that there was research on ticks and tick-borne illness. It does seem like a weird coincidence. I think that it's not a crazy theory at all. The most intense zones of Lyme disease are northern Long Island, Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard, Cape Cod, and eastern Connecticut, and that is a strange coincidence. At the same time, there is a clear Lyme outbreak in the upper Midwest in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and that wouldn't Be the result of a laboratory leak. I think the most you can say is that if there had been an escape from that laboratory, it would have maybe created a slightly more virulent strain of Lyme disease, but basically an outbreak would have happened anyway. But if the conspiracy theory is correct, maybe some reckless science made it a little bit worse. It doesn't sound like crazy or implausible, like you don't really have to stretch the imagination that much. I'm not saying that's what happened, but he presents a good case. The next song I'm going to play is by Rob Thomas, and it's called Her Diamonds. He's been married to his wife Marisol Maldonado for over 21 years, and they had grappled with Marisol's health battles for more than a decade during which she visited countless specialists desperate for accurate diagnosis and treatment. Showing symptoms of autoimmune disease, she was told she had multiple sclerosis, then lupus, and then one point while lying in a hospital for days, she thought she had pancreatic cancer. After undergoing surgery to remove a lesion from her brain in 2015, doctors suspected and tested for the illness and eventually diagnosing 8. Tick-borne diseases. (laughs) This poor woman is like the worst-case scenario, all of which induce different symptoms and require various treatments and doctors. The infections are also believed to have triggered Hashimoto's disease and lupus-like symptoms. She said, after brain surgery, everyone went, you're on the road to recovery. You're doing great, she reflects. That was actually the easiest part. The real battle began when we finally figured out what was going on with me. So while Lyme can be cured with antibiotics if caught early, her late stage diagnosis and presence of multiple infections means it's much harder to manage. Her treatment is constantly tweaked according to which infection is flaring up and involves a mixture of pharmaceutical meds and holistic therapies. Her husband, which when you read interviews with him, he loves his wife. It's kind of endearing. He said, we've learned a lot of perspective. When you don't have as many good days, when you have them, you really appreciate them. And you really know what to do with them. And maybe what would have been a bad day doesn't seem so bad sometimes. We kind of realize that there's certain things that we have and that we're really lucky. So here is his song. Uh, it's kind of documenting his frustration in seeing someone he loves going through something really hard and he can't fix it and cure it.
1: Uh, so here we go. And she says, oh, I can't take no more. Her tears like diamonds on the floor. And her diamonds bring me down. Cause I can't help her now. She's down in it. She tried and now
0: she so what if you're out and about and you do your little tick check and you find one? <laughs> Gasp, Poor. This is taken from both the CDC and the Mayo Clinic websites. So in general, to transmit Lyme disease, a tick needs to be attached to a person's skin for at least 36 hours, but other infections can be transferred in a few hours or even a few minutes. So if you see a tick... They say remove it promptly and carefully. Use fine tipped forceps or tweezers to grasp it as close to the skin as possible and gently pull it out using a slow and steady upward motion. Avoid twisting or squeezing it. Do not handle it with bare hands. They also say don't use petroleum jelly, fingernail polish or a hot match to remove it. Then they say secure the tick and take a picture. It could later help you and your healthcare provider identify what type it is. However, the CDC also says you can put it like in a bag or like a little bottle with alcohol in case you want like an actual specimen to bring in. Uh, They say then you can trap the tick in a piece of tape and throw it away. Then they say wash your hands and the bite site. Use warm water and soap, rubbing alcohol or an iodine scrub. And then wait and see. They say, call 911 if you develop a severe headache, difficulty breathing, paralysis, or heart palpitations. I would hope you would call 911 if that happened, regardless of if you were bitten by a tick or not. They say, call your doctor if you're not able to completely remove the tick, because the longer it remains attached, the greater the risk of getting a disease from it. So icky. They say, your skin might get irritated, and that's common if it develops into a larger rash or you develop a rash anywhere, especially if it has that bullseye pattern, it may indicate Lyme disease. This rash usually appears within three to 14 days. They say consult your provider even if the rash disappears because you may still be at risk of having it. Your risk of contracting a disease from a tick bite depends on where you live or travel to, how much time you spend in woody and grassy areas, and how well you protect yourself. And contact your doctor if you develop flu-like signs and symptoms, fever, chills, fatigue, muscle and joint pain, and a headache may accompany the rash. If you think the bite site looks infected, you have signs and symptoms like pain or change in skin color or oozing from the site, or you're pretty sure you were bitten by a deer tick, you may need antibiotics. So what are some preemptive measures you can take to not even... I found a nice article in the Strategist called, The Best Tick Repellent Products for Humans and Dogs, or How to Protect Yourself Without Tucking Your Pants into Your Socks. I mean, you still should tuck your pants into your socks. Authored by Catherine Gillespie. So, she says, the CDC, along with six experts I spoke with, recommends DEET as an effective tick repellent. They say that any product with DEET should have a concentration between 20 and 30% of the active ingredient. It typically lasts for 12 hours against mosquitoes, but will only remain effective against ticks for around 8 hours, and it cannot be combined with lotion or sunscreen. There's actually a 100% DEET formula out there. The person who said it when <laughs> said they used it when traveling overseas, they purchased the jungle strength kind because they were going to someplace with a lot of biting insects. So that exists. Uh, Another doctor says that picaridin is an insect repellent that can be applied to the skin and it's most effective against black-legged ticks. Uh, She said compared with products that contain DEET which can feel overly oily on the skin, picaridin is more pleasant aesthetically. There are some natural insect sprays That use different combinations of oils that the ticks don't like and there's also completely uh, plant-based tick repellents out there as well if you don't want to slather yourself in pesticides. There is a good line of tick repellent socks which are treated with something called permethrin. They say socks are your first line of defense against ticks because they start low and crawl high. And you also can get t-shirts that have been treated with permethrin. They can be washed as normal up to 70 times and remain effective. Or you can just buy a product containing it and treat your own clothing. Even like camping gear, like tents and backpacks. One person said, for tick repellent for myself and my field crew, we soak our clothes in permethrin and allow it to dry before wearing it. That kind doesn't last 70 washes Uh, it lasts about six times or six weeks and for pets there's for dogs oral treatments or there's also topical treatments that also contain permethrin and they say try and minimize the amount of skin exposed when in a woodsy type of environment using long sleeves pants and long socks are best if you can manage it with the summer heat also it can be good to Especially if you think you've been exposed to ticks or found a tick on you to wash your clothes in high water temperatures high heat So those are some ways you can preemptively not get ticks on you There are a lot of other artists and singers and celebrities out there who have gotten Lyme's disease Um, Daryl Hall from Hall and Oates Uh, It said that he lived in rural areas for many years And he dealt with numerous tick bites and reportedly contracted several different tick-borne illnesses in addition to Lyme disease. He now advises people to go get tested for Lyme disease, specifically since the illness can mimic many other ailments. Uh, Justin Bieber got Lyme disease, and there was a point in his career where he looked very just skinny and sickly, and everyone thought he was on drugs, and then he was like upset and hurt and was like I have Lyme disease you should feel bad he didn't say the last part it was implied I think one of the saddest cases that I read was um, Chris Christofferson he was misdiagnosed for years people thought he had Alzheimer's like he was in magazine interviews about losing his memory and kind of going downhill and everything and then they found out that it was Lyme disease not Alzheimer's and then he was able to get a little bit better but can you imagine thinking that that you were losing like your memories and like your ability to function mentally you've had to kind of go and mourn that loss all to find out that it was a misdiagnosis if it's something that you've had, please know that you're very much not alone. Even celebrities who have access, maybe to specialists, still struggle with getting diagnosed, still get at times gaslit, saying, you know, it's all in their mind, it's not real. So, all of this has happened to other people. So, if that's something you're experiencing, you're definitely not alone. There's a lot of people that feel a lot of sympathy and empathy and are rooting for you, including your friends here at KSKQ. Hang in there. And we're at the end of the show, so I should play you out with one last song. Okay, this one, this one's a cool one. It's called The Lyme Disease Prevention Rap by the Fairfax County Government. They went all out to try and make a cool song for people, so... Let's give it a listen. But before I hit play, I just wanted to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to an hour about ticks and Lyme disease. I mean, no small feat. You made it through. <laughs> Please uh, <laughs> tune in next week where it will not be me talking about ticks and gross things. Emily and Bob, you'll be back, and they'll save you from that kind of content. Anyway, thank you again for listening, and stay tuned after this, is Sophia Blanton with her show on world music.
2: Yo. MC Bug Z. We're dropping rhymes to target Lyme disease. Calling attention to prevention, so please use repellent and do a tick check. Upper Midwest, Mid-Atlantic and Northeast. Not your headache if you got bullseye rash. Fever fatigue. We're dropping rhymes to target Lyme disease. Calling attention to prevention, so please use repellent and do a tick check. Upper Midwest, Mid-Atlantic and Northeast. Not your headache if you got bullseye rash. Fever fatigue. Watch your back in the woods. brushy spots and leaf litter. Walk the center of trails. Don't be a dinner. Eight are creeping in that overhanging vegetation. Stop these blood sucking parasites with inflammation. Eliminate brush piles, that's where rodents like to kick it. Lime runs in their blood, larvae pick it up when they sip it. Hunker down for several months to survive the winter. And spring infected nymphs emerge to seek blood from the leaf litter. Ticks dig humidity, keep the yard trimmed. Mind the edge where your lawn transitions to woodland. They like it overgrown, so keep the grass mowed. Ticks are known to seek hosts wherever wildlife grown We're to target lawn disease. Calling attention to prevention, so please use repellent and do a tick check Upper Midwest, Mid-Atlantic, and Northeast Nod your headache if your goggles are rash, fever fatigue We're dropping minds and talking Lyme disease Calling attention to prevention, so please use repellent and do a tick check yeah. upper midwest mm. mid atlantic and northeast not your headache if you got bullseye rash fever Yo. fatigue both the they eat the summer and when it's chilly outside Sticks are questing for hosts, basically, basically blood in a ride arms waving they're saving graces when you brush on fire they cling on with tiny hooks they don't jump drop or fly apply repellent to your clothing as it's well as exposed skin, skin. Mm. cdc recommended active, mm. active ingredients IR3535 35 35 treat clothing with half percent permethrin but We're never, never skin. skin bathe or shower mm. asap when you Get back inside Check your body with a mirror Cause ticks like to hide Examine gear and pets For hitchhikers and stowaways Dry clothing with high heat Ticks will die post-haste We're dropping rocks To target Lyme disease Calling attention to prevention So please use repellent And do a tip check Upper Midwest Mid-Atlantic and Northeast Nod your headache If you got bulls are rash Fever fatigue We're dropping rocks To target Lyme disease Calling attention to prevention So please use repellent And do a tip check Upper Midwest Mid-Atlantic and Northeast Nod your headache if you got bullseye rash, fever fatigue. Early summer's the time for most Lyme disease cases in May. The tiny nymphs reach peak population. That summer they got infected. Don't let them go undetected. Stay protected. Treat yourself to a full body inspection. You found a tick? Don't panic. Use tweezers to grab it close to the head. Pull slow and steady until it detaches. Clean and disinfect the site, then watch your bot for 30 days. Call up the doc if you get rash, fever, fatigue, or headache. Black-legged ticks feed and drop. You may not even know. Often they bite out of sight. Later the symptoms show. If you spend time outside, then ask your doc about Lyme. Treat a bull when detected early, yo. Most of the time, we're dropping.